Thank God He is faithful. Thank God He is coming. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. He said, I will come to you. Praise Him. It's going to be easy preaching up here with praising like this. Hallelujah. Thank God. God, we thank you for today. God, we thank you, Lord God, for this time to, we get to come together and worship you. God, we thank you, Lord God, for sending your word. God, we thank you for your son, for redeeming us, God. God, we thank you. We praise you. And we give our life unto you. Because you are our Lord and our Savior. Children's church is dismissed. You know, if you was here Wednesday night, the Lord had given me a word to speak on about trials. He said, although you have been grieved by various trials, we didn't know what this trial was coming. We didn't know this trial was going to be as heavy as it is. But although we may go through trials, he didn't say he would spare us from the trials. He said he would be with us through the trials. Amen. And through these trials, us as a body of believers will become closer. We're going to lean on each other through these times. We're going to grow in His Word together. We're going to be strengthened. And we thank God that we have a church family that we can lean on. Amen. You know, whenever I was preparing the message for Wednesday night... I was coming through the verses, and, and God told me, he said, don't use the rest of them verses. <clears throat> he said, you're going to need them. I knew at that moment something was going to happen. But see, he says he don't do nothing without, without revealing it to his people. He was preparing. So although this may seem like a trying time, God is still in control, guys. God is still faithful. He's called us to keep the faith. He said, when I come back, he said, well, I find faith. And whenever you go to 216 Southtown there in Danville, Kentucky, we're going to keep the faith, and we're going to stand on his word. Hallelujah. Everybody turn to James chapter 1. And we're going to start off here in verse 22. James chapter 1, verse 22, he says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. A lot of times whenever you hear me pray, I'll say, God, help me to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. Because we have to put faith with the word. How can someone hear the same word and one person get something from it, but another not? But see, they step out and they put faith to it. You see, whenever they put faith to it, they put action to it. See, faith is a verb. It has action. 
So in verse 23, he says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man, observing his natural face in a mirror. See, he wants us to apply the word to our daily lives so we become more like Christ. That's the goal, right? It's simple. Just follow his word and be obedient, right? But sometimes we can make it so difficult living for God. Sometimes we get in the way. Sometimes we have distractions. Sometimes we get in the flesh. But in verse 23, he says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Because when he looks into the mirror, he's seeing more of himself and less of Jesus. And when we look in this mirror, we should see more of him and less of us. You ever heard that song Zach Williams sings? He says, a little less like me. See, that's what the goal is, the sanctification process in our lives. So us to become more like him. You see, whenever we get saved, we... We come to the Lord and we realize that we need Him in our lives. And we look in the mirror, we should see a little less of us. Because, you know, I don't do things today as the things that I did when I very first got saved. Because when I look in the mirror, I should see more of Jesus and less of me. See, that's the goal in our life. It said, hey, Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. And it ain't I who live, but Christ who lives within me. See, that's the goal in our life. He said, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. That's where our strength comes from. That's who we strive to be like. He said, live by the examples that have gone before you. He is the example. Hallelujah. He says, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty... And continues in it. See, if you look into the perfect law of liberty, meaning freedom. Meaning freedom. See, external liberty is an external condition. You may take away my liberty to do something. But you can't take away my freedom. See, you can't take away my freedom. See, just like Paul, whenever he was bound in them chains and he was in them prison, see, they may took away his liberty to come out of, that, out of them walls and have them chains. They took away his liberty, but they couldn't touch that inner man. Because, see, that's where, they, that's where that freedom comes within, from that inner man, from that inside, between you and God. Hallelujah. Somebody give him praise. See, that's where true freedom lies. He could still call on his God. They couldn't take his joy. They couldn't take his peace. They couldn't take his happiness because that's from within. I don't get my comfort and my joy from the things of this world, but I get it from the Lord. Hallelujah. He says on into this verse, he says, it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. He says for us to follow him, to keep his word, and we will be blessed in what we do. He said he would have divine favor from God. I tell you what blessed means in the Greek. You would have divine favor from God in what you do. But you see... In Matthew 6.33, he says, Seek the kingdom of heaven first, and everything else 
will be added to you. But you know us as our flesh. God, I, I can do this, and I can do that, and then I'll come to you later. What if later never comes? What is this or that? What if a man gaineth the whole world and loses his soul? See, he just wants us to continue on a path that he has paved for you. And I'm here to tell you, if you'll surrender to him and follow out the path that he has for you, you will go so much farther in life because you have someone on your side, the creator of all things. You can do more in five minutes with his help than what you can do in a lifetime. But sometimes our flesh wants our own way, don't it? It's sanctification. It's a process. And he says, If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this. He said, To visit orphans and widows. This church does. That's what they were doing whenever they were gone. Whenever they were on their way back in, they were visiting Widows in their time of need. He said to visit orphans and widows in their time of need. He's saying have a heart that wants to help other people that's in need. But see, sometimes us as men, it's hard for us to accept that help. I remember just this week, I was down in my back and Brother Patrick come over to me and he said, well, just let me do that. And I was like, no, I'll get it. But I had to step away from Dwayne and humble myself and say, all right, thank you for the help. We have to step back and let go of the pride because pride comes before the fall, right? He says, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Unspotted meaning free of all defilement. Defilement meaning without spot and without blemish. That's the goal. To become like the perfect lamb. I know that we'll fall. But thank God his mercies are renewed each and every day. But the journey is to follow him. Because our, our promises are what? Yes and amen. Hallelujah. Everybody turn over to 1 Peter. And I'm going to stop or start where I ended at. Towards where I ended at. Wednesday night. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 13. He says, Therefore... Gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We must put our faith in Jesus, that at the revelation of Jesus, we must put our hope in Him. He says right here, and then the word plainly, He says, gird up your loins of your mind. He said to be sober. We can't trust in the things of this world. We must put our faith in Him. He is our strength. He is my buckler. He is my shield. Everything that I need is in him. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Hallelujah. But as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance. Listen, we can't conform back to the things of this world. We may go through trials at this moment. But God's our strength. We look to Him for our answers. 
We may go through things, but we can't turn back to get our, our, our strength and our peace and our happiness from the things of this world. He said, don't become formed. In Romans 12, he said, but transformed. Become a new person. Because we are new creatures in Christ. He said, you are a new creation. He said, old things are passed away, but all things are becoming new, right? He said, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. And if, one, if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of, uh, throughout the time of your stay here, he said, in fear. Conduct yourselves throughout your time here in fear. And I'm not talking about a worldly fear. I'm talking about a fatherly fear. I'm not giving you a worldly fear because God said He didn't give you a spirit of fear but of love, power, and a sound mind. So whenever He said conduct yourselves throughout your time here in fear, you're realizing that all things is from Him. See, in Proverbs chapter 9, verse, uh, verse 10, he says, for the, for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So wisdom don't come with gray hairs. It comes by fearing God. Thank God. It comes by fearing Him. See, I'm talking about a fear, a fear of God. Because whenever you're a disciple of God and you follow Him, you know, if I get out of line, he's going to discipline me. He says he chastens the ones that he loves. Just like whenever you were a kid and you knew if you broke your parents' rules or your dad, that you were going to get either a spanking or uh, you was going to get disciplined, right? And I don't want to lose my allowance. But you knew that you had a healthy fear, so it kept you in line knowing that if you follow in him, but if you broke dad's rules, that you were going to get in trouble. Well, see, that's the healthy fear that God wants with us, with him. We know that whenever we follow him, that he has sent his word for us to follow, for us to follow, that whenever we step out of that, uh, out of that, that he's going to chastise us. He's going to spank us to get us back in the pastel path that he wants us to walk. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold. We are not redeemed by things of this world. But sometimes when as we run in this world, we chase after things of this world like them things redeem us. But listen, we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. In Revelation 12:11, he said, "I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb, by the word of my testimony, and the not loving of this life even unto death." Hallelujah. But see people has got that so watered down. The word of my, or the the blood of the lamb is what Jesus did on the cross. My testimony is me confessing what he did on the cross and that he is the Lord of my life. That's my testimony. It ain't what I've done out here in this world. It's him and what he done in me, hallelujah, and me loving him more than I do my own life. That's why I overcome. Hallelujah. And verse 19, or he says, 
like silver or gold for, for your aimless conduct received by traditions of your father. We can't follow the tradition of man. We can't follow the things that our loved ones before us went. We must have our own relationship with God. That's what's going to get you to heaven. Your own personal relationship. In 19, he says, But with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, as a lamb, what did he say? Without spot. Or without blemish and without spot. He's brought that up again. Without blemish and without spot. Who was the only lamb without blemish and without spot? His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. He says, He indeed was was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Listen, God knew, He knows all things, guys. He said He was foreordained before the foundation of the world. He knew whenever He formed the earth that Jesus was going to have to save and redeem man. He knew from the beginning before he ever formed this earth, that man was going to fall. And that they couldn't get to God on their own. That they, was go, that they were going to have to have a Savior. And his name was going to be Yeshua, who we call Jesus. See, he knows all things. He's in control of all things. In verse 21, he says, Who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead, and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. He said he raised him from the dead. See, that's part of the gospel. Part of the gospel is that Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, he descended, he came to this earth, he walked on this earth for 33 33 years, and then he, as a man, went to a cross. He was crucified on the cross. He went to a tomb. But what did he do after he went to that tomb? Because there ain't no grave going to hold my body down. Hallelujah. Said he came out of that grave because there ain't no grave going to hold our body down. Because he come out of that grave, we shall come out of that grave. Hallelujah. If he come out of grave, I'm going to walk into. Hallelujah. Because he come out, we shall come out. That's what we must believe as Christians. We know he's going to redeem us. He come out of that grave. Hallelujah. And we're redeemed because of him. In verse 22, he says, Since you have purified your souls. Let me get a drink of water. Can we get a halftime? <clears throat> Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of your brethren... Love one, another with a fer- or love one another fervently with a pure heart. He said, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. Listen, we're not, we're not born again of the flesh. He says, not of corruptible things, but of incorruptible. Listen, everything on this world is corruptible. Y'all have heard this. We've got to keep these, these things of our, our leader had showed us, Right? He said, there is a, we are a water trained vessel. This was the body. So, Holy Spirit. But before you get saved, he said right here, having been born again. 
Well, what's, what's he talking about born again? Well, I'm going to give you an example here in a minute. Then I'm going to tell you what Jesus said about it. See, he said, here was the body. This is the body. And we, and we make all of our decisions and everything comes out of these guys right here from the soul. And the soul, he wants his own way, right? He wants to push and get his own way. That's what he does. He kicks back sometimes. But whenever we become born... Again, not of corruptible things, but of incorruptible, the Spirit of God. See, that's the only thing that's incorruptible. So the Holy Spirit to be born again in your life so He can take residence up in you and conquer you. That's His job. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God which lives and abides forever because he doesn't fade away. He lives forever. Hallelujah. Everybody turn over to Acts chapter 9. I'm going to give you an example. Whenever we become born again, you should see a change in you. Why? Why? Because if this guy, this being, lives inside of you, you should be different than the world. When everyone else is in distress and everyone else is scared to death, I have a hope. Hallelujah. Because I have a God that loves me. He said he would never forsake me, never leave me. Hallelujah. Because I have him in my life. He is the true hope, the only hope without a question mark. Hallelujah. He says, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murders and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. So see, he's acting in the flesh. He's saying things. He's telling threats. He's wanting to murder. He's acting in the flesh. See, he didn't have the relationship with God. But he's fixing to have one. Oh, he's fixing to have a change in his life. He said, and ask, and, and, and ask letters from him to, to synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any who were of the way. Who is the way? He's the way, the truth, and the life. If he found anyone of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, as he journeyed, he came near to Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard to kick against the goads. Have you ever had that moment when you become face to face with God? I have. See, that's when you realize everything comes from Him. That's when you realize, hey, I've got to lean on this guy. This guy is the Son of God. You see, I've said... Or he said here in the, in the latter part of that, he said, So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? You ever had that moment? I've had that moment a lot lately. When I'll ride down the road, road talking to the Lord and I'll say, Lord, what do you want me to do? 
Show me, Lord. See, we have to seek Him. We have to spend time with Him. He'll only show you if you seek Him. He said, seek, you'll find, right? Ask, it'll be given. Knock, it'll be opened. But you see, sometimes we don't get told what to do because we don't spend time with God. He says there, Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. So he told him, he said, Just go to the city. Just wait over there. I'll tell you. That's a hard thing for the flesh to do, ain't it? See, that's what we must do. We must wait on him. We cry out to him. God, I'm calling your number. But see, we must wait on him for our answers. It may be at 3 o'clock in the morning whenever you get up to pray and read your Bible. You'll sacrifice a little bit and be obedient to his word. He'll give you direction. He said he would never leave you nor forsake you. He will lead you. He will guide you. All things that we need come from him. And then the, then the men who, who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but, being no, or but seeing no one. Then Saul rose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him to, into Damascus. And when he was there three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank, now there was a certain disciple at, at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. Here I am, God. Send me, God. Send me, God. Here I am. I'm going to tell you, you better be watching if you say that. Because he'll send you. He said, The harvest is plentiful. He said, But the workers are few. He said, Here I am, God. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For the behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him so that he might have or receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man of your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went away and entered the house and laying his hands on him. And he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus... Who appeared to you on the road has come, has, has, as you come, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales. He received his sight at once and he arose and was baptized. You know, some would argue that Paul could see before Jesus came to him. But I would argue against that. You see, I walked in the flesh one time. I was blinded. I thought I was doing what Dwayne wanted to do. But I was blind. I was a slave to sin. And because of him, 
He came to me and the scales dropped off of these eyes. I see clearly that He is my Lord and my Savior. Verse 19, he says, So when he had received food, he, would, he, he was straightened or strengthened. How come is it whenever you get saved, first thing you want to do is go eat? <laughs> Have y'all noticed that? Said, as soon as he got saved, he said, as soon as he ate, he was, he was strengthened. Where's that chicken at? He didn't say, where's the beef? He said, where's the chicken? First thing he wants to do is, is go eat. He said, whenever he was strengthened, then, then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues that, that he, his son, or he is the Son of God, that all who heard were amazed and said, Is this not those who destroyed those who called on his name in Jerusalem and has come here for the purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priest? So Saul increased in all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that Jesus is the Christ. Whenever you're saved, you should see a change in you. You should see a difference. We should shout it from the rooftops. Just like, Saul, or just like Saul did, who became Paul. The first thing he did was went to the synagogue and proclaimed that Jesus is the Christ, the only begotten Son of God. And he's called all of us to shout from the rooftops, God, you are my Savior. You have redeemed me. You are the Lord of my life. You are the only begotten Son of God. We're going to tell the world because that's the only hope, that's the only way that we can receive redemption to come to him. The only way to the Father was through the Son. Hallelujah. Everybody turn over to Matthew. Or not Matthew, but uh, John 3. We've got to get some lighting here. It's hard to see the words. Ain't it? Whenever you're looking here, the light, the shadow, you can't see. There was a man, this is someone that I told you I was going to give you an example and how he was changed. You look at Paul's life and you see the change in him. I'm going to show you what Jesus said. Anytime that I've studied the Word, I always want to go back to what Jesus said because he's the example. I showed you what Paul did and said how he was changed. He was one that persecuted Christians, led them to be to, to, be, to death. But whenever he was converted and the Holy Spirit took residence up in him because he come face to face, with God, or face to face with God, he was changed in the twinkling of an eye. See, but Jesus, he says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He said, unless one is born again. 
Because in, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 14, he says, But the natural man does not receive uh, the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him. There was a time in my life that I thought serving God was foolish. It starts with this guy. But when you surrender to him, and you say, God, I can't do this no more. I need you. I've got myself in a low pit that only you can get me out of. God, have mercy on me. Because I recognize that I can't do this on my own. That's the moment he comes into your life. That's the moment you realize, God, I'm a sinner. And I need you. And I know all of us fell short of the glory. But it's because of him and what he did on that cross that we're able to be made righteous through him. He says in verse 4, But Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb? Jesus answered, Most surely I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel. We can't get caught up in religious things, guys. See, he was a Pharisee. Spoken or, or supposed to be the religious leader of this time. But see, he didn't know God when he was sitting right in front of him. That's why we have to have a relationship with him. In verse uh, 7, he says, Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell whether it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you uh, the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen. And you do not receive our witness. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe... How will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. That is the Son of Man who is in heaven. As, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that whoever believes in him should not perish, but all have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. For God did not come into the world to condemn the world. But through the world through him might be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A relationship with him. Hone into 17, he says, for God, or in 18, he says, He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe in him is condemned already because he has not believed in the name and the only begotten Son of God. And this 
is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and the men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth and comes to the light, that that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. I'm going to end with what I started with. He said to be a doer and not just a hearer. What did he say on the last verse? He said, but he who does the truth comes to the light. His and his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in the will of God. To be doers and not just hearers only. The only way to the Son or to the Father is through the Son. If I back back up and go back to 1 Peter, he said, All flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord, everybody repeat this with me, but the word of the Lord endures forever. He said, Heaven and earth will pass away. He said, But my word will stand forever. Hallelujah. We must put our faith in God, guys. We can't rely on the things of this system or the things of this world. You, come on up. But we must put our trust in Jesus. If there's anything that's in between you and God, I pray that you bring it to this altar. Let's be overcomers. If you're lost and you don't know the Lord, I pray that you come to this altar. If you have fallen away and you've lost your path, I pray that you come to this altar. If you have a lost loved one that needs the Lord in their life, I pray that you come to this altar.